This is CliffCentral.com. So it's not month end and it's definitely not the third week of the month, but Michelle's here and we're talking money because it is the first Wednesday this month and, and it is just directly after all the end of season sales are up. Every single one of those um, sales signs, if you were in the malls this weekend, this past weekend, you may have gone a little bit crazy because everybody's got their end of season sale, all the 70 percent off, all all the all the signs. And it's just it's one of those things. I got my SMS yesterday saying the Woolworths. Yes, sales. the red hanger sales, the, the Woolworths sales, <laughs> and be there at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was tempting. It was tempting to be there at seven o'clock in the morning until I remembered that as of last week Saturday, the new interest rates kicked in. It's six minutes past twelve. I'm Pumi Mashiko, and you're tuned into Womandla. And I've got Michelle Dave here. She's the money chick. Hello, everybody. And a little bit later, we're also going to be talking to a consultant, a wealth consultant. I love the fact that that's Candace Payne is going to be on air talking to us about those interest rates and talking to us about how you can benefit on the upside. But before we go anywhere, I've got Nawa, virgin to the mic. Hey, hey. Right, Nawa? (laughs) (laughs) But Nawa works with me and I sent her out shopping last week and I said she needs to go out there and tell me what's what's sitting out there and also most importantly I needed her to just give me what the interest rates are on those store accounts now tell us about your experience I ended up shopping I told told you not to I couldn't help it I told her not to it was part of the brief I said don't buy anything just take pictures and tell me what the costs are I'm not that strong and I told you this (laughs) <laughs> I did <laughs> We'll forgive you But so out there in the shops At the end of year, end of season sales it's Summer's around the corner Yeah, but there's still a lot of the winter stuff That's on sale And 70% All of this stuff Like what's happening now at the malls Is that they're not even just having the signage They're having little stalls Outside the stalls Hmm very so clever. On hey? your walkway, you can't help it. You can't just tell yourself, look to the front, because right in front of you, there's the stores, there's that little handbag, there's those shoes, there's the And it's necklace. all the cute stuff. Huh? It's all the amazing stuff. And they call them clearance sales. So you, you just, so you just have to take You it. have to stop. Because look how can and they take. put this stuff into a storeroom? <laughs> That's just not acceptable. So, shocker <laughs> of shockers. For you now about the interest rates out on those store credit cards was the percentage amount that you have to pay back, and the fact that they give you there's this interest free period period that yes. they give you, which is almost nothing. But then after six months, what is it? No, it's fifty five days interest free. Fifty five days. 55 okay. Fifty five days you have to and pay the, it back. And, for, and, for and that's who the was most. This? That's the biggest. Oh, okay. All right. Time. That was the biggest time. All right. Yes. The other ones were a month. Yes. It's normally thirty days. days. Yeah. Yes. And then thereafter, the ten percent instalment kicks in, and then the, on top of that, there's the twenty two point six five percent. Oh my goodness! What's the new interest rate, Kana? <laughs> Sorry. What's the new interest rate? Six. So, okay, and then they're like 22%. That's three times. Yep, absolutely. And as you say, you're also paying to use the card on that 10%. Yes. Whoops. And, and when you're, and 
also, I then asked her to just check with the with the ladies, the sales ladies, if they know, you know, when the new interest rate kicks in, because those are all the old rates, when the new interest rate kicks in, and? They don't know. Nobody knew. It was a whole conversation where I went in to get educated, and I had to educate them. Them, hey, yeah. By the way. So they're not selling you, you. So they're selling you the store card, but they're not selling you. They're not telling you the full information about yeah. the interest rates and about who's paying what and what you're expected to pay. And I they think have to that, call each other to yeah. find out what it is. They themselves don't know that there's this thing called the interest rate on the card. cards. The thing is that they are salespeople, and I think that's what makes it so sad for the person out there because you get so excited. You walk into a Truers and they say, if you spend over 500 rand, we will give you 300 rand free in a purchase. Yeah. So everybody goes, oh, that is just freaking awesome. And what do they do? They do it. They don't even read the fine print. What do they do? They just sign for the card because it's instant. Yes. You get it there and then. That is really scary, guys. It is. It is. Sorry, guys. That's me with my phone. It's not <gasps> off. I'm hoping people will WeChat me and Facebook me <laughs> and WhatsApp me. And I forgot to put it on silence. But you can, if you're listening, you can call us into the studio. Tell us about your experience with interest rates. What are you doing? Did you even know that the interest rate's gone up? Like, I also always feel like people know when the petrol price is going oh, up. Oh, gosh, yes. But no one knows when the interest rate's going up. It's yeah. like until you get that letter from the bank saying the interest rate is going up. Therefore, your new home loan account yeah. will be. For me, I think the saddest thing for me is that people don't understand the, the consequences of that. So even go, by going up by five base points, it's, it's, it doesn't sound like a lot to have 6% interest rate. But if you look at a 6% interest rate on a home that costs a million, it's around about 165 rand extra a month that you pay. Now, 165 rand extra for a person may be part of something else that they're paying for, like a child's aftercare. Or transport for that kid to come back from school. It's, it's, it's just kind of takes away from that. And it's not being educated that is actually the problem. And yes, we're actually not sitting in a very bad situation as we were speaking before the show. Because if we have a look at just, um, in 2008, we were paying 15.5% interest. Then the real shocker was in 1998, we were paying 25.5% interest. So we're still sitting at an extremely low interest rate. But if you're not budgeting properly, and that comes at the end of the month, and it not just affects your home loan, it affects everything that you have on credit. Also because nobody's asking you. It's unlike when, when they, you know, with the petrol price where you can just make a decision that if yes. I used to spend 500 rands on my tank, I'm just going to spend 450. Yeah. I'm not going to drive up to the corner shop and go and get stuff. I'm going to walk. It's just being, yes. it's, the debits just go up. And, that's and it. when you see, when you see that statement, all of a sudden that's, that's And zero. you're thinking, oh crap, after all of this, it's an extra 500 rand a month that I'm spending on all of this stuff. And um, Michelle, just speaking about those interest rates and how they've changed over the years, um, and, and in terms of the budgeting, what have you, from your experience, what are the things that people they normally don't think about mm. when they're taking out policies or when they are budgeting. So you start out saying, I'm going to take out these three policies and then the interest rates go up. Yeah. And they're also projecting that they may go up again next month. Correct. And, and those things go up and then suddenly your policy, which was supposed to be 30 rand a month is now 32 rand a month. Um, Really? It's not going to affect your policy per se because your policies are fixed. 
So if you have a savings policy or retirement or even a life policy, those are fixed on an annual basis. So your interest rates really don't affect those day-to-day policies. This really affects anything that is an asset that you have purchased and that is what you are paying that interest rate on. So it's anything that you're almost buying without earning or owning it. So I don't own my house until it's paid off. I don't really own that dress if it's until I've paid it yeah, because I actually haven't paid it off yet. So it really doesn't affect your day-to-day investments, endowments, retirement annuities and that kind of stuff. It doesn't really affect it per se as in on a month-to-month basis. So you find you've bought that dress for 100 rand on sale, but you've put it on your store account and suddenly because you're paying it off over six months, it becomes 350 Correct. rand a dress. That's the problem. That's where it falls down. And again, the only way that it'll affect your assurance per se is that if you don't have the money to pay for those policies anymore, what are you going to do? You're going to lapse them because you can't afford them. Ew. But what about the upside? Well, I think let Candace talk to us about the upside because she's really good about that um, and how that will affect in a different way. Candace is on the line and ready to speak with us. Hello, Candace. Hello? No? Duncan's on the other side of the window today. I miss Palisa, Candace. <laughs> Duncan. Duncan's on the other side of the window, and, she, and he's going to try and get Candace on the line for us. But just talking about all of those day-to-day um, budgeting mm. that you do and the things that do lapse. So if I haven't budgeted properly this month and I don't know the interest rate goes up by whatever and and I don't pay my policy this month, do I lose it? If it is a risk policy, they normally give you a three-month grace period. Normally. However, if it's a risk product, which means that there's life cover attached to it, you will lose your life cover immediately. So that's very scary. And I always say to people, if push comes to shove, please keep your risk because you never know when you're going to die. That's one of the only things we are certain of is dying, but we just don't know when. So it would be please, yeah, just please, please keep those policies in because the minute your premium doesn't go through, you just don't have that cover anymore. So anything that's, that's risky, if it's got a death, any death benefit, disability, the death, the disability, the dread disease, if it's got that, Please keep it. You know, you could always try and phone. And, and the most of the companies are really awesome. You can go back to them and say to them, guys, I really can't afford for this policy to be paid and it's an endowment. It's a savings product. Please can we rather do a double debit next month or can I do, say, two or three payments over the next three months because I've now missed two months? Mm. To try and catch up They're very lenient and they really are good with that Because they'd rather retain the business than lose the business Because that's the other thing that we do Is sometimes, you know, like You haven't paid a particular debit You don't phone anyone, you just go, oh my god Yeah, no, phone And you know what, even with the interest rates going up A store card would rather have you Paying a hundred rand As opposed to the three hundred you owe them But as long as you have that in place Remember when we spoke about credit and talk hard to works. Someone. Talk to somebody, guys. They, they're going to listen. Candace is now on the line. Hello, Candace. Hi, Pumi. How are you? Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Candace, um, just quick introduction. What exactly is it that you do? So you're a financial advisor. What does that mean? 
I mean, to actually sit with individuals, look at their budgets, look at the amount of money they can save, and ultimately the end goal is that they have enough money to retire with. So I think the conversation that you and Michelle are having today is extremely important because if you are going to be able to save, whether it's for a short-term goal or for your retirement, you need to start looking at your immediate expenses and interest rates impact those hugely. So, Candace, the interest rates have just gone up. Everybody, everybody, every money show I can think about is talking about the downside of it. Credit is going to be more expensive. Everything that you're paying off on credit is going to be more expensive. But is there an upside when interest rates go up? Absolutely, there is an upside. You know, the the, um, interest rates increasing are only a problem if you're a spender. If you are somebody who is in debt, and, and we can, I love that. If you are a spender, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. So we can talk about good debt and and bad debt. But the upside is is that if you are a saver, someone who is actually actively saving, you're going to earn more on your savings going forward. Remember, interest is the cost of borrowing money. So if you're saving, you've effectively lent your money to someone, and they need to pay you more. If you've borrowed money, you're going to need to be paying them more. So when interest rates rise, if you are the saver, you're on the right side of the curve. If you're the spender, it's going to affect you badly. You'll be paying more. You'll have less what we call disposable income for day-to-day needs. Candice, is it ever worth it to, if I've got an investment policy of some sort and interest rates go up, to put in a little bit more in that investment policy and then when they go down again, take it out? No, I you, what you're talking about is, is market timing, and, and we don't want to advocate that. So if you are saving, it's a, it's a long-term commitment, and you probably have a debit order going off, and you need to just let that, that run. It's going through cycles, interest rates go through cycles, and if you are a saver, you just need to let your investment go through that cycle. The thing about the debt that you have, though, is that there's good debt and there's bad debt. And that's what you need to look at, specifically if we're in a phase now where where interest rates are rising. So we've been, you know, the last kind of seven or eight years, we've been in a low interest rate cycle where money was effectively cheap. Now that it's getting more expensive, you need to really focus on, on what you're paying and why you're paying it. So I think, as Michelle mentioned earlier, if you have a um, a home, you've got a mortgage, the average person cannot pay cash for a home. But that's good debt because it's an appreciating asset. It's an asset that's going to grow in value. You view it as an investment. If you have an expensive car or clothes accounts or holidays you can't actually afford and you've bought all of that with debt, those are the things you need to get rid of, especially if interest rates rise because it's going to cost you more and more to pay off that debt going forward. Speaking of getting rid of those things and, and paying paying it off, as it were, should I be putting more money into my home um, towards paying off my car, for instance? Or is now not the time to be doing that? This is where you need to look at the cost of debt. So, as mentioned earlier, what do you mean, cards are very... Candice, what do you what mean, mean by, by that? What do you mean debt? by cost of debt? Cost of debt is the interest rate. So, what are you paying on the debt? As you mentioned earlier on your store cards, you can pay up to 23% on those store cards. That is the cost of um, borrowing from Truers or for Shini or, or So that 23% is, is actually the cost 
of that dress. It's not really a hundred rand like it says on the tag. Exactly. That's what that's what they are charging you to pay off the money later. So there, there's no win in that for the consumer. Every hundred rand that you spend and you don't pay off in the time frame that they've given you, you're going to actually pay 23 rand extra, which so, doesn't make any sort of sense. So that's the cost of, of um, debt and, and kind of on disposable things like clothing and cars and that sort of thing. On your home loan, you have the prime rate is 9.5%. So look at the difference between your 9.5% that you're borrowing to buy an asset that actually goes up in value over time you know, over a period of time, you've still got your house. You can probably sell it for a higher price. And the 23% you're paying on your store card for the dress that you wore last summer and you're not interested in anymore. That's yeah. really how you need to look at it. Mm. So you need to get rid of the most expensive debt first. Credit cards are also a huge problem, I think, in, in today's society because it's so easily accessible for most yeah. people to have a credit card. And they give you these... Absolutely ridiculous amounts on the credit cards, and people don't understand that you're actually paying such high interest rates on those credit cards. It's, uh, I agree with you 100%. So you can pay between 14% and 23% mm. per annum on your credit card, depending on what kind of standing you're in with the bank. So if you pay off the total amount each month, they'll give you a lower interest rate. But they are trading on the fact that you don't pay it off because that's where they make money. And what? once again, Yes. What, what, I, what I want to know is that annual interest rate. What does that annual interest rate mean? Does it mean if they're saying 14% annual interest rate, is it if it's 100 rand, it's 14 rand over the period of a year? Yes, but they, but they charge, it's exactly that. It's an annual rate, but they charge it to you daily. So depending on the outstanding amount that you have, they will calculate they will take, say, the, the 23% over the year and then calculate what you have outstanding daily. So it may not look on a day-to-day basis like such a large amount, like the 23 rand we're saying on 100 rand. But a year goes past quite quickly. The debt racks up and up and up, and eventually you'll be paying large amounts, up to 500 rand or more, depending on the balance in your credit card, per annum, just because you borrowed that money. So it makes no sense to borrow money on your credit card or your store card. You need to, if you're going to use those facilities, use the interest-free period, which is a maximum of 55 days, and then pay it off in total. So you need to view it as actually I've only got 55 days to pay this debt off Mm -hmm. because otherwise I'm paying a large amount of money to have borrowed this cash. Sure. And you were saying about the the good debt, so the the 9% on the house. Yes. So you, you're going to have to pay an interest rate on a loan. No one's going to give you money without charging you something for it. But your home is an appreciating asset. It's something that forms part of your entire portfolio. It forms part of your estate. You know, other good debts that people don't really consider good debt is education. It's an investment. It's an investment in yourself. So when you're paying off student loans while you're studying, you need to view it that way as well. Investing in your own business is a similar thing. And buying a car that you actually can afford because you need to be able to get to work to earn. Those are all good debts and, and large, they're large sums of money that you probably need to going to borrow and you will be paying an interest rate on. And you'll notice that interest rates on those sorts of assets are lower than the bad debt that is being 
um, expensive cars, clothes, holidays, food even. Try not to buy food on credit, your credit cards, or borrowing cash to pay off bills, that kind of revolving mm, credit situation that people get into. And I think that's, what that's sorry, bad debt. Yeah, what I think Candace is saying is so so valid, and I think people need to understand this: that also your credit standing is so important because if you do pay well and you pay your things on time and you do pay off your credit cards timely, you actually get a better rate because you yes, can. You if and and I think that's also something that's very sad to me anyway is people don't understand that. So when you took go to a store and you just say, oh, I just can't afford it this month, and you leave it and you leave it and leave it, you actually get dad, oh, dad, bad credit debt. And that is also important. And as can far you negotiate as, it? Like, you does, is, does that, is that what that means? They can, can negotiate, negotiate on your behalf because of your standing as far as paying off debt. And Candace, what, so... Today, the interest rates sitting at what it is. What what should I be doing on a day to day to even if if I haven't started saving, start saving, and if I have started saving, what can I do to to get a little bit more out of the interest rates hike? Okay, so there are various ways that people can save. One one is obviously in a vehicle that pays you. And interest rate. And your banks offer a lot of those. You've heard of 32-day notice deposits or six-month fixed deposits. And you also have unit trusts that invest in money market instruments. And all of these are trying to give you a higher interest rate. So what you'll notice is leaving your money in your savings account is probably not going to give you the best interest rate if it gives you an interest rate at all. Um, so once you've kind of got your head around saving and the kind of interest that you're going to receive, you can also start thinking about investing. And investing involves um, putting your money on the stock market. So one of the things that higher interest rates do is it makes the cost of money more expensive for everybody. So it's not just me and you that are paying off our store cards or paying off our home. It's businesses as well. It's government as well. So government debt becomes more expensive. Businesses um, who are borrowing money becomes more expensive for them to run their businesses. So it causes fluctuations in the stock market. But once again, saving or investing is long-term, and you can get better rates of return by investing in the stock market than you probably would get in your fixed interest, but then you need to understand the risk that you're taking on. But to come back to your first point is how much should I be saving? You should be saving as much as you possibly can. South Africans are a nation of non-savers. We are spenders. We don't save. Oh, yeah, we've had that show. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a government that's that's not going to look after us. So we need to be, while we're trying to um, balance life and the expenses that come on a day-to-day basis, whether it be school fees, car payments, mortgages, clothing accounts, we need to be thinking of our future. And so you need to get all of these costs down so you can start saving. Start saving in, in a fixed deposit or something that's paying you a higher interest rate. Once you're comfortable with that, maybe check with a financial advisor about saving for longer term in, in the stock market. And if we have a look at, um, Candice, I'm just trying to think now, if we look at our current investment portfolios, we'd obviously try and look at more equity-based um, kind of uh, Products that we could look at. What are the where? Yeah, where, where would we I put? Where would we put the money? My yeah. money in equity, in property. Stay a little bit away from money. Money, maybe. What would you say? Yeah, it's, it's 
it all it all depends on on something we call your risk profile. So cash in the bank that's paying an interest rate is pretty risk free. Mm. You you the capital you put in is the capital you get back plus the interest rate. But when you frame investing, when you think about investing, you need to think about your money working for you. Why are we investing? We're investing because we actually want our money to outperform inflation over a period of time. Because inflation is is the enemy of money. It eats into your money. So currently our inflation rate is quite low. It's at 4.9%. Our government tries to keep it in a band of 3 to 6%. So when you're investing, your first hurdle is to outperform inflation. When you're saving, even if you're saving in an um, interest-bearing account, your first hurdle is you need to outperform inflation. So currently you need to outperform 4.9% and then you start growing wealth. So at 4.9%, you're just standing still because that's what inflation is year on year. When you start earning more than that, you're starting to grow your wealth. So the places where you can get higher returns than 4.9% is obviously starting to look at things like the stock market. And this is where you need to be careful because stock market investing is long-term. And when I say long-term, I'm talking 5, 7, 10 years plus. You don't save in the stock market for Christmas or for a holiday next year. <laughs> okay, so long-term, okay, if, you, if, long if you're saving for Christmas, you save in, in a, an account that gives you an interest um, because then you know what you're going to get. And when you start looking at that, those kind of savings, we're looking at things of above 10%, 10 to 12% over longer periods of time, investing in stocks on the stock market and investing in property investing in portfolios that mix all of those asset classes together, cash, property, um, shares, bonds, etc. And the easiest way to, to learn about these is to start looking at index tracking funds, um, ETFs. Many of you might have heard of something called Satrix. Mm-hmm. Those are places where you can really start learning about investing your money in the stock market, bearing in mind the longer time frame. And, actually, and I want to say that again, no one remembers anything else we've said today. Don't have expensive debt, and if you're investing in the stock market, it's for the long term. It's not for Christmas. It's not for Christmas. <laughs> Candice, so if I'm a medium profile, risk profile. Moderate, and, yeah, she's moderate. And, and, and what, I, what, I, what I'm looking for is I'm looking to talk to an, invest, an investment consultant, and I, what are the questions I should be asking? I've never invested anything in my life. This is my first consultation ever. What are the questions that I should be asking to make sure that I'm looked after? Okay. Well, the first question you need to ask your investment consultant is, are you independent? Are you affiliated to any comp- company or can you give me completely objective advice? So once you've ticked that box, then you need to say to your investment advisor, what are the returns that I can get? What are the time frames? What are the risks? Because those are really the three things with investing. How much time do you have? What is the risk that you can tolerate? And and ask them what they understand by risk and see if it matches what you understand by risk. I might think that losing 20% of my money in a year is not risky. It might horrify you, which means that we're different risk profiles. But risk is a very subjective thing. So you need to, you need to chat through that with your financial advisor to, to make sure that you're both um, on the same page. And then how much money do you have to invest over time? And once you've established all of those um, facts, it then becomes easier for your financial advisor to advise you as to which vehicle you can invest in. And the best place for the man in the street is generally unit trust 
funds. They're easy to understand. They're priced daily. They're liquid. What that means is that you can get your money out if you need to, but the emphasis is on not needing to. It's leaving it there. And your financial advisor will take you through all of those steps so that he makes sure, he or she makes sure, that at the end of the day, your portfolio matches your moderate risk profile and that you understand what you're going to get over a period of time. So they need to manage your expectations. And it really is a relationship that you build up with the person over a period of time that makes sure that your goals are met. And I love that because everybody always says man or woman out on the street, but I never know what that means. Like, does <laughs> this is a serious thing. I never know what that means. Is it somebody who is, um, has a salary, has no kids, has, you know, what is, what does that, that mean? And, and when is the right time to kind of go, I'm the man on the street that should be investing or the woman on the street that should be investing? So every so so every man is, is is it doesn't it's not one fit. Everybody has very different circumstances. Some people have kids, some don't. Some are supporting family, some aren't. We earn more than you know one another, that kind of thing. So it becomes it, you need to have a, a very unique and bespoke financial plan to make sure that you reach your end goal. So it's kind of working backwards. Where am I going? Why am I saving? Am I saving for retirement? Am I saving for Christmas? Am I saving for a holiday? Am I saving for a deposit on a home? What am I saving for? What are my needs going to be? And then working backwards with your actual budget, your day-to-day, what's the money coming in? What are the expenses going out? What do I have left? And how can I make this money work to meet my goals within the time frame that I need them to? And that doesn't mean... I love that because because everybody talks about saving. Everybody talks about saving. Drives me crazy because mm. I think I'm a, I'm a saver yeah. rather than mm. a, I'm, I'm a spender <laughs> rather than a saver. But the fact that you have to know what you're saving for. It's not just like saving for saving. You know, save. Yeah. You're saving for saving for a house, saving for a car, saving for something. Somebody on the yes. other side of the window here was telling about saving not so long ago. But again, I think that's where it comes down to that relationship you have with your financial advisor because that's the person that's going to help you through the good and the bad. Because if we look at 1998 where people lost so much money and the first thing people do is when the markets go crazy is that they want their money out. But if you have yes. a really good financial advisor, that person's going to sit you down and say, no, don't do it because your money will recover. And you will make money. But it's that relationship that I think is vital between yourself and your financial advisor. I don't know, Candace, that's just the way I feel about it. So, uh, no, Michelle, you, you're absolutely, you're doing, you're doing my work for me. The relationship, <laughs> you know, one, one part of the relationship is obviously setting up the plan and saying where you should save. The biggest part is keeping the, is keeping the person with the plan. It's a little bit like a, um, the, the your um, partner at the gym, keeping you there, keeping you honest, keeping you at it. And then once you start seeing the results, it, you motivate yourself. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once you see that money growing, you won't touch it. You really won't. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, So I've got a, a question here from Nathan on, on WeChat. And I wonder if you ladies can help me. This, And I think this is the good debt versus the bad debt that we were talking about, Candace. He wants to know, he doesn't have a credit history. Um, and wants yes. to get credit from RCS and can't wait four months to get a record. <laughs> and he wants the money now. So, um, 
<laughs> you know what? I'm going to say something very controversial right now. And I, and Candace, please bear Smack with her. me just for a second. Smack her through the phone. But the only way that this guy's going to get credit reference quickly is by actually going to open up a store card or open yeah. up a Woolies card. It sounds terrible, but people almost can't get credit if you don't have credit. So go no, and open a, it up, but don't utilize yeah. it. <laughs> Get it? Go and purchase some stuff on it, pay it off immediately, and then cut it up because then you have some record. Is that what and, that's, and that's the sad fact. You need to have had an account to Correct. show. So what they want, what they want you to demonstrate is that you are able to pay, that you're diligent, that you that you pay the bill when it needs to be paid. Um, and here we're sitting advocating saying don't have store don't cards. Do it, it's yeah. a bit of a chicken and, chicken and egg situation. Mm. But in order to get the credit, you need to, you know, 2008 did us a huge disservice um, in, in terms of it penalized a lot of good payers and people who have money or, and want to borrow money for the good debt, for um, property, etc. And so it's become so much more difficult for people to borrow money for the right reasons. Correct. It still seems incredibly easy to borrow sure. money for the wrong reasons, and that's what we need to guard against. Yeah. So, so, Nathan, sorry, but that's the only thing. But please don't go and get a Truworth card or a Markham's card. Go and get a Willie's card. Go and buy some food. But then pay it off <laughs> no. at the end of the month. Because <laughs> you have to, that, That's actually very clever because yeah. you you have the money budgeted to buy Correct. food anyway. Correct. So if you just buy it, don't on, go if you to buy Markham's. it on the card and then yeah. just give That's them back it. their money at the end of the month, month, then you're building a credit record. Correct. So it's important to have a credit record. Just keep it clean. Yes, and keep it for the right reasons or have it for the right Absolutely. reasons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's a that slippery also comes slope. To, to an, that comes to another gray area. So we spoke about good debt and we spoke about bad debt, and then there's the gray area of borrowing to invest. And I often get this question. I want to start saving. Should I borrow? The answer straight off is no. You don't borrow to put money into the stock market or to start saving. You get rid of your other debt and then the excess cash that you have once you've got your expenses under control is the money that you would borrow to invest with. So just put that out there as well. The reason being, again, you're looking at the cost of debt. How much are you paying for the money that you're borrowing to invest and how much are you going to get in return from your investment? And then risk... that and you spoke risk. about, because you could just you could borrow the money and you could lose it all. You could lose it all, absolutely. So the tenets of investing is always your time, your risk, and how much you're prepared to lose. And you need to look at it that way. You are going to gain. You know, the trend of the market is up. People don't tend to do the time in the market, which is your five years, seven years plus. Once you've got those three, the relationship of those three things, you can start investing in the market, but do not borrow money to go and invest in the stock market. No, <laughs> that, that's extremely dangerous. No, oh gosh, that unless you're like an absolute guru or you've got a crystal ball that you know which shares to buy, when to buy them, and when to sell them. Otherwise, no. And I want to know where you bought that crystal ball. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that's about it. That's the only time you can have debt. <laughs> You know, so Candace, just very quickly before I let you go, and you've spent so much more time than you'd intended to spend with us. Thank you so much. (laughs) But so now that I've got my credit record, now that I'm out there spending wisely, not like spending on store cards and stuff like that, where are the places that are the places I should be? 
putting money into that will give me the quick return. So if I am looking to invest for a holiday in at Christmas time, what 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 I where do I invest? And you know, will I get? Can I get any kind of investment that gives me high, high, high returns over a short period of time? So a short period of time, and, and particularly you're saying holiday or Christmas, but you're probably looking at 6 to 12 months, okay? If you're investing for 6 to 12 months, your money doesn't go anywhere near the stock market. It stays in what we call the money market. Mm-hmm. And the money market is a term that lumps together all types of securities that give you an interest rate as your, as your return. You can get those through your bank. So look at fixed deposits. You can get 30-day fixed deposits, six-month fixed deposits. The other place that you need to look at is, is the unit trust market. And every investment house out there, you know the names. There's Allen Gray, there's Investec, there's Sunlum, there's Old Mutual. They all have something called a money market unit trust fund. And you can invest in those, and they will give you an interest rate back. And that interest rate is usually higher than the amount that you can get um, at, your, at your bank. So those are the places that you need to look at for six to 12 months type of savings plans. Anything longer than that, you need to start talking to a financial advisor or educating yourself on where to put your, where to put your money. People like to say you should be putting your money into your credit card. If you're not spending it. So if you've got a credit card, if you've got extra money, put it into your credit card. Do they give me the same money back as they would charge me? So if my, credit card charges me 10% interest. If I put extra money into my credit card and I'm not using their credits, but just keeping money in there is a bit of a savings thing, do I get 10% interest? Or is that just a, is that that like an urban myth? I think, so so money is very psychological and I think people saying put it into my credit card even means that they're paying the balance down without being asked to or they're putting money in there to spend going forward. Putting your money into your credit card is not a place to save money. You actually need to demarcate your savings and pay yourself first. Pay yourself at the beginning of the month. And That's then what Michelle what says every at- week. You've just taken Michelle's closing line. Pay yourself first. <laughs> pay yourself first. Because once the money is in your savings account, it's not easy to remove it. You'll leave it. You'll adjust. You will live on less. Pay yourself first and, and don't put the extra money into your credit card. There's such a temptation to just go and spend on the card because guess what? Now you've got a positive balance. It's easy to spend it. <laughs> it's easy to spend it. It is. I know exactly how easy it is to spend. So, spend is too easy. Saving is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Saving's extremely hard. Saving is extremely hard. But talking to you, Candace, has been extremely easy. Thank you so much for coming on and Thank chatting you, with Candace. us and we sharing really your information with us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank really you. Sure. I'm definitely going to remember that. You've got to save okay. in, in the. You've got to save um, on the stock market if it's long term. Long term. And the good debt versus the bad debt. But I think that, you know, Michelle, you say all the time that you've got to pay yourself first. You've got to save it in the places where you'll get a good interest. Correct. But it's also just so good to hear it from somebody else because you, I think you see, you know, I kind of sometimes know what I'm talking about. Just sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a little break, and when we come back, Michelle, I just want you to go through. You've done so much research going through over the interest rates and what they've looked like over the years, and maybe a little bit of futurescaping. Perfect. Keeping it real on CliffCentral.com. 
Oh yeah, we're keeping it real. I'm Pumi Mashejo and I'm with Michelle Dave. We're talking about money and we're talking about interest rates and we're talking about how it actually affects you. So while we were um, jamming to Queen by Janelle Monáe, we were also chatting about Nathan's question. And Michelle, you remembered something else about cell phones. Yes, if Oh, Michelle, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to put you back on if you've got a cell phone. If you've got a cell phone, you can actually also use that as a credit record. But it's got to be contracted, unfortunately. It's got to be on a contract. Yeah. So it's got to be something that you pay off on a monthly basis. Post usage yes. on a monthly u- Correct. basis. Correct. Um, and you don't need three accounts, just one. One. <laughs> Which saying. So... <laughs> So we're sitting here, we're going, everybody's talking about interest rates going up and money getting tighter and tighter and tighter for South Africans. The the petrol price goes up, yep. interest rates go up, everything is really sucking. And I want to know, Michelle, is it because of Nkanta? No. Or are there other things no. that make the interest rate go out that are outside of the government's control? Put it this way, I think it's a global issue. So everything affects what happens here. So if we look at our RAND, which is weakening to such an extent, that definitely has an influence. And I mean, our RAND is looking horrific at the moment. If we look at the U.S. dollar, it's about 12.75 to the RAND, which is horrible. If we look at the pound, I mean, that's almost 20 RAND. So I can't go to Europe at the, or to, to London at the moment because every RAND is like nothing. I've got to have 20 RAND. For a rand. Before you have a pound. Yes, it, it, oh, for a pound, sorry. It makes no sense whatsoever. So those are the influencing factors that I think we've got to keep in mind that it's not just, oh, shoo, South Africa is doing all the wrong things. South it's Africa sucks. No, it's definitely not that. And there are lots of moving parts. So it's the inflation, yes. it's the world economy, it's, it's what it's happens everything. in China. It's how, it's, does, what, yeah, it's how much does oil cost per barrel. It's everything. And there's that absolutely just nothing that Latanene can do about it. No. And again, I think we've got to kind of sit back and go, we've actually had it a lot worse and we kind of survived. So sitting at 6%, it's not really that bad. Mm -hmm. And again, I think what Candace was saying, what we've always been saying is if you work off a budget, you're going to be okay. So does this mean that actually our life is going to suck because no. our rent's so poor, we can't go anywhere, we, no, we can't can. do anything. There's we two can't. places we can go to the we can go to Mexico, <laughs> and we go we can go to South Korea, because there the peso is zero point seven nine to the rand, so we kind of okay there. So zero point zero point seven nine. So we actually so going like to make money. Cents. Yeah, so we're going to make we could actually go and buy more, <laughs> and they make tequila in Mexico. There we go. <laughs> So it's definitely I can worth come it. back and with lots of tequila. There we go. They've got a beautiful beach. and yeah. So it's not all doom and gloom. At the end of the day, we need to actually just realize that this is life. This is what happens. And that if you as an individual, man on the street, no, no, you as an individual. <laughs> Woman on the street. Yeah, if you as an individual actually work with a plan, work with a budget, and try and understand what happens if your interest rates go up, remember you can actually work it out for yourself. How? If, How can you work it out for yourself? <laughs> if you take the amount that you owe over the period that you owe it at, at the interest rate, you'll actually get a daily rate. So if you increase that amount, your interest rate, 
you will see how much more it's going to pay you on a month or how much more it's going to cost you on a monthly basis. So even if, say now, for instance, your repayment on your home is 1,000 rand a month and it goes up by 0.5%, put that in. Now, do a really scary exercise and say, okay, it's going to hit 10%. We'll say it's going to hit 10% in the near future. Work out how much more you're going to pay. So does that mean that rand more? Does that mean you also have to to keep a buffer in your budget? Because I've Always. got a budget, and my budget Always. ends up at zero. Everything uh, equals out. Does it? That's really good. Have well, you put anyway? Have you put savings? Zero. But have you put savings but away? But it equals out to zero. So my budget is okay. sitting there. I'm working everything out. When I've paid the school fees, paid the car, okay. paid what it is. At the end, I'm left with zero. All right. Is that so, a bad thing? No, it's that's actually I'm not awesome at minus. Thing. Yeah, that's an awesome thing. However, did you pay yourself? Sometimes. Sometimes. And and the paying yourself. <laughs> no, but really, because sometimes the paying I, I then see paying yourself as getting a nice dress instead of buying it on a store card. Okay, I think we've we've kind of missed that whole boat. On on this because no, that's not it. So paying yourself is not the same it's as savings. rewarding yourself. No. Rewarding yourself is totally different to paying yourself because we don't save. If you can save a hundred rand a month, hundred and fifty rand a month, two hundred rand a month, it's a transfer in your account from your current account into a savings account. That's it. That's it. Just a little bit of savings. And that should be part of your budget. Okay. So no, sorry, it's not a reward system. I'm not rewarding you for I coming really thought it to was come rewarding. down to zero. No, 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 no. <laughs> to have a zero balance at the end of the month and not a negative hundred. It's actually to put that hundred rand away. I was quite pleased with that. I must <laughs> say, I was quite pleased with that. It comes out to zero. I don't owe nobody nothing. <laughs> sorry for me. No, you've only said like upfront, but. Before we go, before we say goodbye, the show for you today opened your mind, same old, same old, or was it? No, it wasn't same old, same old. There's a lot of things that I'm going to go home and change. I was one of those people that had the myths about the credit card. If I put money in it and I leave it there, I'm saving and I'm earning some money. <laughs> so <laughs> I found out where I've been wasting time and the rewards and paying myself thing. I really thought if I buy myself the beautiful dress, you paid yourself. I paid myself. No, 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 no. We're talking from a monetary. No, monetary, guys. Remember, this is money talk. We're not talking about clothing stores. We're talking about savings. Savings. It was savings. It was paying myself. Yeah, paying yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. Savings, okay. not reward. We might have to have another one of <laughs> yeah. those conversations. I think there's a lot of people out there feeling like me right now. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I've just kind of burst that really, really big bubble right now. <laughs> but if anything, if what's your one takeout out of today's show? No. I'm on the right track. Good. I'm on the right track. That is awesome to I hear. I don't have accounts. When I shop, it's either the money I have or don't have. Perfect. I don't, if I don't have money, I don't buy. That is so refreshing so to I'm hear. So I'm on the right track as yeah. far as... Good debt and bad debt, I'm on the right track. On a balance. High fives all around. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, if if I'm listening to the show today and I only remember two things, what should those things be? Remember, credit is expensive. Very simple. Cash is king. Because that 
nobody can take away from you. And you will always have to pay off the credit. And the interest rates are going to determine how much you pay. So those are the things that we have to remember. Duncan's looking down. Look, the thing I'm going to remember from this show is definitely that um, paying yourself first does not mean buying yourself a dress. (laughs) (laughs) Not reward. But the cost of the cost of credit, I think Candace has has opened my eyes a lot Mm -hmm. to to a lot of of the the stuff about the cost of credit, about the the thing about saving money in your credit card. That is a big thing. There's a whole lot of girls out there telling each other that that's what you should be doing. So now I know that's Mm -hmm. not the thing that we should be doing. But thank you so much, Michelle, for coming in and chatting with us. Thank you, Noah, for going out and shopping. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and this is Womanda. We'll catch you again next week. It's still Women's Month. I hope you're out there celebrating and that your Women's Month is about a whole lot more than just moaning how badly women are treated in this world. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.